Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Is hair a material? Are biscuits a material? Are crystals a material? Is plastic a material? Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Are eggs a material? Is water a material? What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at your question. And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Handmade, the making podcast with real talk about materials. I'm your host, Anna Pajajski, and this episode I talk to the guitar maker Tom Sands about wood. We sat down remotely, him in Yorkshire and me in London, and had this awesome conversation about handmaking guitars. I started by asking Tom how he got into guitar making in the first place. Making things has just always been something that I've done. Um, from, I mean, it's the classic story with most creatives and most makers. It's it's like the, there was never anything else, you know. Um, so I started with with woodworking. My my grandfather was the was the kind of catalyst for me working with wood. Um, you know, very uh, practical guy. We were always, anytime we were together, we were always mending, fixing, you know, doing something productive, doing something with our hands. And um, we used to, we used to love watching, um, I think it was like a PBS show, an American show called The New Yankee Workshop, okay. um, which was uh, a guy called Norm Abram. Every, every episode he would, he would uh, make a reproduction of, usually like shaker in style shaker inspired furniture mm -hmm. and he, he we would just my grandfather and i would sit and watch this show like religiously and uh, he he had uh, you know quite a big workshop um and uh, he was like well we should we should try making some of this stuff you know instead of just sitting there watching it we should we should we should do some stuff and for my for my 15th i think it was my 15th birthday he <laughs> He gave me um, a, a radial arm saw, which is like a, an extremely aggressive uh, uh, power tool um, that you probably shouldn't be given to a 15-year-old. But anyway, so that my my first kind of power tool was this like janky old radial arm saw. But it, it, we 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 started making stuff, you know, like bits of furniture, and we made it all with this this radial arm saw and um the bug like bit me mm. hard um and slowly i started to accumulate more and more um tools you know hand tools um mainly power tools and um yeah we, we would build things together and then around about when i was doing my a levels at school i was doing you know art and design and making furniture all, all the kind of things that you you do um 
you know, aren't designed clocks, like mm. loads of little little bits and pieces. And uh, trying to come up with something to do for my, my final project. And while I was thinking, you know, I'm going to make a table or, or whatever else it might be, my, my best friend at, at the time, or still one of my very good friends, he uh, wanted to make an electric bass guitar. Okay. And um, he, he kind of came to me and he's like, well, you know what you're doing with wood. Um, I don't know what I'm doing with wood, but I know what I'm doing with a bass guitar. Mm. So I've got this proposition for you. How about you um, teach me or help me to figure out how to build a bass and I'll teach you how to play. Nice. And so, and so that was it. So it was like, okay, cool. That sounds like a good, that sounds like a good trade. And so over the next kind of three months or so, after school, at lunch times, you know, evenings and weekends, we were pottering around in my, my dad's garage with my radial arm saw and bits of wood and, you know, just trying to figure this stuff out and having a really good time doing it. And at the end of three months, we'd, we'd successfully built this electric bass guitar and we wow. were just like completely thrilled, you know, kind of two 17 <laughs> yeah. year olds, just like, wow, we made, we made this thing. Yeah. And for me, it was like, um, it's so um, illuminating because I simultaneously discovered that you could make a musical instrument mm. and I, you know, found this, this new passion for playing as well. Mm. So then, um, I subsequently went to Glasgow School of Art to study product design and uh, found my way into the, the furniture making industry as a, a cabinet maker. Um, and all the while I was kind of dabbling with instruments that kind of never went away in the back mm. of my, my brain. And, and so I was, I was cabinet making for about six years. Um, and then I kind of got to this point in my cabinet making career where, you know, I was building these beautiful objects, um, in, in going into really elaborate settings, um, you know, working in really state of the art workshops. But I realized one day that my, my kind of love for the craft, you know, the reason that I, I got excited about woodworking in the first place had kind of just been replaced by, um, the nine to five existence, mm. you know, I'd go to work in the morning, a stack of drawings would appear on my bench uh, and I'd systematically work through them and then I'd, and then I'd go home. Mm. And uh, whilst I was doing great work and, and these really fantastic projects, the, just the, the why had kind of fallen by the wayside. And so I decided that um, I needed to get my mojo back. <laughs> um, and as I decided that I was gonna go on a pilgrimage um, and, and so I started to write to makers, artists and designers all over the world who were doing, you know, really cutting edge work, mm -hmm. were right at the top of their field, um, wanting to go to go visit them. And uh, one of the people that I, I contacted was a, was a maker, uh, a luthier, a guitar maker out in Oakland, California, a guy called Irvin Samoji, who I always describe as the kind of the Gandalf of guitar making. He's like Yoda. <laughs> nice. He's, you know, he's, um, and he, he is, he, he, he reinvented the, the kind of the, um, steel string acoustic mm. guitar and, and has just been, you know, just on top of this yeah. golden podium of, of luthery for, for decades. And so I wrote to him and, and he graciously invited me out um, to go stay with him um, at, the at the workshop. And I spent two weeks there with him 
um, literally sleeping on the workshop floor, getting up at 6 a.m. every day, helping out around the shop, doing all these different like skills tests. Mm. And he was kind of putting the feelers out, kind of trying to get a sense of what I was about. Yeah. And at the end of that two weeks, um, he, uh, he invited me to, to apprentice with him, Amazing. which was kind of this really left field notion. Mm. Um, but it was kind of like, well, I guess this is, I'm just going to follow this. Like, yeah. why not? Yeah. You know? Um, and then, so that was that I went, I moved, I moved to uh, Oakland, um, kind of very, uh, I felt like Tom Sawyer or something, you know, I, I kind of sold everything that I earned and just nice. went, to, How old went were you across. at this point? Were you in your twenties at this point? I was 20, 20, 28, 29. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I moved across to the States with just, you know, a week's worth of clothes and some, <laughs> my, my kind of tool roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that was it. So that, that's, that was the kind of long-winded version of how I got into mm -hmm. guitar making. And so from there, so you apprenticed with him. Um, are you set up on your own now? How did that happen? Yeah, so um, so I spent two years with Irvin um, and it was it was like being a monk. You know, you, you were, there was just no room for anything else. Yeah. Um, you were in the workshop kind of all day, every day with the other apprentices mm -hmm. um, and just building guitars. It was a lifestyle. It was yeah. a way of life. You know, it was like, okay. And, and, you know, not to mention the fact that I'd, you know, moved across you know, an, an ocean to, to go and learn how to mm. do this thing. And um, so I spent, yeah, two years and um, slowly, you know, building, you know, doing building guitars for Irvin, but also um, working on my own projects and started to, starting to put my own work out into the world and, and starting to get a name for myself. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, at the end of the, at the, end of the two years, uh, it was time for my visa expired. There was no chance of me getting another one. Mm. Um, and so I, I moved back to the UK um, set up my my workshop and um, started building guitars under my own name, um, and that was that was back in 2017. And the last kind of three four years have, have been somewhat of a blur. But yeah, <laughs> it's been pretty wild. That's awesome. So you mentioned at the start um, you got into it through sort of woodworking, and that wood is like quite a crucial material in guitar making. Yeah. Um, what. What woods do you use? What properties are you looking for? How do you go about sourcing the material? Wow. So this is, yeah, this is at the kind of the core of, of mm. everything that, that I do. Well, and most makers, um, starting with the, the raw materials. And mm. for, for guitar makers, we, um, we're always looking for what we call tone woods. So, so woods that have um, the capacity to, to make sound. Um, and so that can be every every species of wood responds to um, the input of energy differently. Um, and so with with the acoustic guitar, the acoustic guitar, to put it really crudely and really simply, is an air pump, right? You've got you've got an enclosed box um, with strings attached to it. You are driving those strings which sets off in motion this kind of pumping action of mm. the soundboard um, and, and the air column inside the sound box. And some woods will deal with that energy more efficiently than others. And some woods will want to absorb that mm. energy. Um, and all of these, all of this kind of acoustic dynamics that are going on um, contributes to, to different 
sounds. So traditionally, um, the finest guitars were made out of European spruce for the soundboard, things like rosewoods, Brazilian rosewood for the, the back and sides. We'd have um, things like mahogany, maple, koa from Hawaii, all these different woods with their own inherent musicality. Mm. Um, you know, luthiers would, would kind of combine um, to generate uh, a sound that they were they were hearing in their heads, or perhaps a client was hearing in their heads. Um, so yeah, that I mean, it's I, I've just actually just started a, a new series on my my YouTube channel called Tommy's Tone Woods, oh, where, every, where every day I, um, I I pull a piece of wood out from the the wood stash, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we do this thing called tap testing, right? So you uh, you base I wish I had, I'd had a, a piece of wood here with me but basically you pinch the the pinch the wood hold it hold it to your ear and you tap it mm. and um the most lively pieces of wood um will ring like a piece of glass you know really? or like they'll ring they'll generate this kind of gong like sound really um oh yeah yeah it, it's it's really quite wild um <laughs> So we do so so we do this with it, with each piece of wood we're yeah. listening for how it's responding to that input of energy mm-hmm. the tap um, and as I was saying, you know, some woods will really come alive and sparkle and chime like a bell, mm. whereas other woods will kind of absorb that energy and, and kind of disperse it. Um, and uh, neither neither of which is is better or worse. They just contribute to different tonal responses from the instrument. So anyway, so in in Tommy's tone woods, every day I'm picking out a different piece of wood, talking about where it came from, why I why I like it, mm. um, and and doing a little tap test as well. Amazing. So do you use different all sorts of kind of different personalities of wood in your work? By personalities, do you mean like species? Or? Well, yes, yeah, species. And then I suppose you know you were talking about the kind of variations in tone that you can get. Are there decisions that you have to make based on the material that you find in terms of where you will apply it to, or what shape of guitar you're planning on making? Yeah, definitely. I mean, wood is just such a fabulous um, material. Um, it's so variable, even within species. Mm. You know, you can have. Um, even from the same tree, even from the same board, two pieces of wood that are cut from the same tree will will respond in totally different ways as a mm. function of how the grain is, you know, running through the right. board, whether there's run out, you know, whether the grain is kind of wild, whether there's figure. Um, and so, so for me, um, it's about, it's so difficult talking about tone, talking mm. about sound, trying to put adjectives to what you're hearing right not to mention that everybody hears things differently Mm. um you know the words that we choose to use um don't always they're they're not they get lost in translation sure yeah um and so so for me when i'm when i'm working with a client it's about trying to understand um trying to trying to build a, a shared vocabulary so we're both mm. singing from the same hymn sheet as it were <laughs> so what i'll do is I'll, I'll start with um usually using guitar that I, a guitar that i've made you know we'll try to analyze that instrument and say okay well what what are you hearing um what qualities of this sound mm. appeal to you can you can you put words to this and then maybe i'll put some words to it and we'll try and figure out where we're both at and what we're mm. what we're hearing 
And it's this kind of organic process of just sitting and listening to, to different guitars, playing, um, you know, whether that be in person or, you know, sharing clips yeah. via YouTube or email or whatever. And then I will start to kind of digest that and think, okay, well, for this um, type of sound, we'll maybe use some Sitka spruce from Alaska and we'll pair that with, you know, some European walnut or, or something like this um, to try and craft mm. that sound. But it's always a bit of a surprise. You never know what you're going to get. Right. You know, until <laughs> until you string the guitar up. Yeah, you, the very you, end you of the process. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so it's always this kind of, you know, heart in the mouth moment. Mm, yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's like, well, I, I, I can, I can string a guitar up and, and play it for the first time. And, um, you know, I might think it sounds great, but it's mm. like, well, does this translate to what the client had in their yeah. head? And then you've got this added complexity as well, that as the wood, uh, it takes quite a while for the wood to forget it's a tree and realize it's a guitar, you know? Okay. And so, cause there's, there's huge amounts of tension yeah. on the guitars on guitar strings. Mm. And so it takes a little while for the guitar to settle in, to kind of relax into the, mm. the, to find the equilibrium, the balance point. And as it's doing that, as it's relaxing and the tensions are kind of easing and the, the sound of the guitar changes. Interesting. And it, and it changes you can you can from like hour to hour you know no way. like overnight it's amazing you know mm. i'll string a guitar up for the first time and quite often it sounds terrible <laughs> and i'll be like oh no what have i done <laughs> and then i'll kind of put it i'll hang it up yeah um and i'll go away and then i'll come back to it and it's like oh, okay okay we're getting something here mm. and then you'll leave it overnight and you'll come back to it and it's like a totally different it's like who who came into the workshop <laughs> in the night and tweaked this <laughs> so it's yeah they're, they're really magical kind of it's like they're alive that's amazing so my only reference point for this is um i'm a trumpet player and i interviewed for this podcast a trumpet maker andy taylor um and we his process sounds quite similar to yours in that he'll work with a client he'll talk to them about what they want you know what their sound is like listen to their sound find out if they want to have their instrument help them reach a different kind of sound be that you know higher playing or broader broader kind of more meaty sound or a brighter tone or whatever it is mm -hmm. and then he will use materials and um the kind of shaping of the trumpet in order to try and like meet those requirements. Um, so it's a fascinating, it seems like a fascinating mixture of like having to understand people and mm. musicality and sound um, and translating that into physical objects. Um, yep. But trumpets don't have the thing of it changing really throughout the lifetime. I would say I, I haven't noticed over the 20 years that I've had my trumpet, like any kind of shifting around of, harmonics or you know there's there's once yeah. you've got the shape of the tube that's the shape of the tube <laughs> sure yeah i mean that's the thing you know with with wood um it expands and contracts mm. um i mean of course metal metal does and but but with wood and and it's also uh hydroscopic as well mm. you know it's always um taking up ambient moisture uh, yeah. from from the air um so i have to be really careful to to work in a controlled environment so i have right. hygrometers all around the workshop no my way. workshop is temperature controlled yeah um so i always know 
that uh, the wood is stable while I'm mm. while I'm building with it. Um, because the last thing you you want is to have a fluctuating climate environment. The wood moves around. Yeah. You've glued things together, <laughs> and all of a sudden, it it wants to fight itself. You know, yeah. you can you can you can run into problems with cracks and splits and mm. glue delamination and all this kind of thing. Um, so yeah, wood is uh, is a very unforgiving material. Yeah, you know, it sounds brutal. Because as well as all those things, like it will be doing all that expanding and contracting and shifting around, like in a different amount, depending on the direction of the grain. And like you were saying, no grain is the same. And so every piece of wood is going to do a different thing. So you can't even develop a system of, well, I know that it needs to be this much bigger to compensate mm-hmm. for that or whatever. It must just be, mm-hmm. you really have to read the material underhand every time. You you absolutely do. And um, it's it's one of the the... the beauties and the joys of working with wood is is you never really know exactly what it's going to do mm. um and and also you know the wood has got to contribute to the sound of the instrument obviously um but it's also got to look visually pleasing mm. um and and unfortunately the the most visually striking pieces of wood often are the ones with the wild grain right you yeah. know that's ref- it's refracting light in mm. in in you know different ways because the grain is all going off at different angles and you get yeah. all this like beautiful chatoyance um what was that word i don't know that chatoyance, Chato- chatoyance. what does yeah, that mean it's it's uh I, I'm, i'll probably misdefine it here but it <laughs> refers to um how wood uh, refracts light okay. um, by differing degrees mm-hmm. um, and and I would encourage people to go and look that up in the Oxford Dictionary because the, <laughs> the Tom Dictionary of Chatoyance but, but basically um, uh, if you think about um, you know when you mow the lawn right mm-hmm. or you see like a football field on the TV and, and uh, you get the stripes mm-hmm. right as a function of, you know, some blades of grass laying at 45 degrees yep. and, and the other laying in the, the opposite direction. It, mm. It's throwing, it's bouncing light at, at, at to different degrees and you get, a, even though it's the same material, it's all grass because yeah. of the way it's throwing the light, you, you're getting a different um, look. And, and obviously with wood and uh, when you... When you move the wood around, if uh, it bounces the light in different directions, and, yeah. and you get this kind of like flamey, ripply, mm. you know, it looks like it's alive. It looks like it's moving. Um, but the you know, whilst that's beautiful and very desirable, um, it doesn't always lend itself to behaving um, mm. over the over the long term. <laughs> you know, um, as a as a kind of structure. Yeah. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That was fascinating. It's, it's amazing once you start thinking about a material that seems as everyday as would kind of the complexities mm. in it and the sort of magic that is possible with it. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that this is a very reductive question, <laughs> but um, I would really love to hear what the process is of making a d- guitar. And I'm sure there are many, 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 many processes. Um, but I guess, yeah, just like a summary of of how you actually go about doing this. Sure. Um, okay. So let's see where to start the, the 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 acoustic guitar is is so infinitely complex there are so many components there are so many uh, intersecting pieces of wood that mm. are wanting to do different things we're using lots of different species of wood all together to try and craft a sound um so for me personally i offer three models three different sizes of guitars mm-hmm. um different sizes of guitars uh respond in different ways um and ergonomically they're off they're off they offer they offer um a different thing to the mm-hmm. to the client so so for me the, the first thing is to decide well what what type of guitar am i going to build what, what size um and then as i said before we're starting to think about okay what what's the sound what sound are we looking for and so we start to select our materials so we've we've decided the size of the guitar we've decided what it's going to be made of and then i like to think of the guitar in two kind of components we've got the sound box which is the the curvy bit mm-hmm. um and then we've got the neck which you're holding onto with the with the left hand so the the neck and and they are structurally separate um but ultimately get joined together mm. so the neck is is the kind of primary interface between the player and um and the instrument you know it's what you are you're mostly in contact with Mm. um but the sound box is is what's generating the sound or what's amplifying the sound of Mm. the strings and the sound box is split into three components so we've got or three main components we've got the sides which we call the rim um which wants to be a really stiff solid construction much like you think about a snare drum, mm. you know, it's made out of metal. It's very, very solid, um, which allows the energy from the strings to stay in the vibrating plates, which are the soundboard in the back in the, of the back of the guitar. What you don't want to happen is energy from the strings um, vibrating the soundboard, but then that energy has been sapped away by the, sa- by mm. the sides, which aren't producing any sound so yeah. we want a rigid rim assembly so we've that's the that's the first thing we start with in creating the kind of the silhouette of the guitar then we'll take the soundboard which is um a book matched piece of usually spruce so a piece of um 
wood that has been cut, um, sawn down the middle. And then when you open it out, it's called a, open it like a book, mm-hmm. book match. Um, so, and then we will join that together to get a piece of wood that is wide enough um, to, for a guitar soundboard. And it's also stable. Then we'll get into um, bracing the guitar. So br- the bracing is the internal structure. It's kind of like the joists in a ceiling. Mm. You know, you've got this very thin plate, this very thin piece of spruce, which needs to be thin so that it can vibrate and it can move. Yeah. But you need to balance that with some internal structure. So we have bracing on the inside of the guitar. Every luthier has their own bracing pattern, depending on how they want the guitar top to move and how they want the guitar top to respond, to depending on what sound they're looking for. So we'll brace the inside of the guitar. And similarly with the back, the back has uh, different types of um, bracing because the back is moving in a different way. Mm. It also doesn't have to uh, withstand the pull of the strings. So once we've got that, once we've got the soundboard with the braces, we'll glue that to the the rim, the silhouette of the guitar. And then we get into the the kind of the magic um, which is the voicing process, giving the guitar its voice. And this is the um, the subtle kind of manipulation of the shape and size uh, of the braces, the internal structure. And what we're trying to achieve is we want the guitar to have the guitar soundboard to be strong enough to resist the pull of the strings and, and not collapse. But we want it to be, it's this knife edge point, we want it to be flexible and supple enough that it can move and be really efficient with uh, with the energy that's been put into mm-hmm. the system by the strings. So that is a re- that's like the key to a great guitar is is the kind of voicing process. You know, you, you've really really you are really trying to hit the this knife edge point where it's you know it's not going to collapse but mm-hmm. it's going to move and it's going to respond to the strings. So then we're going to glue the back on so we've got a completed sound box. Um, then we do, you know, decorative elements like, you know, the rosette, which is around the sound hole. Mm. Each luthier has their own kind of um, take on, on what a guitar should look like. Cool. Um, we've got the, bi- the binding, which goes around the outside of the guitar just to give it um, some extra protection on the delicate edges of the instrument. Mm. And then we'll attach a neck do all the kind of neck carving, all this kind of thing. And I like to, um, because my guitars are bespoke, um, each neck is is designed to fit the player's hand oh, perfectly. Cool. <laughs> so I'll nice. do things, you know, I'll measure the client's hand. Yeah. Um, I'll take very precise measurements of, of the, the shape that the neck should be, um, how that tapers as it, as it moves up towards the body, all this kind of thing. And then, you know, we'll do the the kind of fret work, the finishing work. Um, you know, my guitars are lacquered for protection, but also to make them look shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's strings. Um, and, and that, in a in a nutshell, is, is how to build a guitar. And how long does that whole <laughs> process take? Uh, about 250 hours. Oh, my God. And is it just you or do you have people working with you as well? Um, at the moment, it's just me. Oh um, I do have a new assistant who's going to be starting in, in September, I think. Cool. Um, which will kind of ease, ease yeah. the load on me a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also stop me from going crazy because it's it's uh, 
it's a, it's a lonesome endeavor, you know, being a luthier. So uh, yeah, it's going to be nice to have some company in the workshop besides the dog. <laughs> <laughs> she has uh, uh, quite the penchant for um, West African ebony. She's uh, okay. she knows she, she knows a good piece of ebony when she <laughs> when she finds it, and quite often I'll, I'll turn around and she's selected herself a nice fingerboard or something like this and <laughs> putting her mark on it. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah perhaps not the best companion in a woodwork well. <laughs> so many tempting sticks <laughs> yeah definitely expensive sticks she has she has, she has expensive taste <laughs> so that was a beautiful summary of of the guitar making process and you mentioned quite a few points where there's a kind of magical transformation um for you what's the most magical part of guitar making Um, I think, it, oh, there's so many, I think the, the moment when the inanimate object has a voice and comes alive, you know, I think, mm. uh, that is, is really, that's a really special moment. You know, it's like, mm. you know, meeting, meeting somebody for the first time, that kind of first hello, you yeah. know, when, when, when you, when you first string a guitar up. Um, but the magical thing for me, I think is, is that, uh, you can hand a guitar to a different person and they will they will they will get sounds out of that guitar that nobody else can mm. and and they will play that guitar in a way that you know is unique to them and they will draw something out of that guitar that i as the maker didn't perhaps didn't know existed yeah you know, i remember the the first trade show that i went to was uh, the holy grail guitar show in berlin mm -hmm. and uh a player came up to my table and uh, I was very nervous because he was the first, it was, it was my first treasure and he was the first person to come, to come to the table to, oh, to try it. To, he wanted yeah. to try the guitar. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, is he going to like it? What's he going <laughs> to think of it? And to make matters worse, he, he said, do you mind if I, if I play with, with thumb picks? Okay. So, so basically, and, and he had this little, um, this little purse that he pulled out of his, his jacket and he tipped out these thumb picks, these finger picks onto mm. his hand and they were made of, they were made of metal. And the idea is that you, you um, they're like surrogate fingernails. Right. Okay. So, so he was putting these brass, like sharp brass implements oh onto the God. end of his fingers and reaching for my guitar. And I'm thinking brand new guitar, brand new shiny lacquer yeah. plus metal. Thing. <laughs> I was like, this is just scratch city waiting to happen. But, you know, I was like, well, I can't say no. Like, mm. this is what I'm here for. Mm. Anyway, so I, I handed him, I handed him the guitar and he sat down and it was right at the start of the show. So it hadn't really got busy yet. Mm -hmm. So the room was still quite quiet and I could actually hear him playing. And, and he played this guitar and, and got these sounds out of it. And I was just like, this is just amazing. Mm. Like, I didn't know that my guitar could do that. And, and to see the look on his face and, and he, you know, he really, he really loved the instrument. Mm. Um, that, that was a magical thing for me, you know, seeing the guitars in the hands of the people that they're designed for, mm. you know, I work with a, a musician, um, very closely, a guy called Will McNichol, who's a just, he's a world-class guitar player. And the things that he can do with my instruments is just like, it just blows my mind. Yeah. And it's so, it, it just makes it so worthwhile, you know, um, to just hear the guitar doing the things that, that it's supposed to do. Mm. Um, 
And then, and then the other, the other beautiful thing is, is just the relationships that come out of the whole process. Yeah. You know, it's for me, you know, it can be three years between the first email coming in the inbox, you know, mm-hmm. making that first inquiry to, to me delivering the instrument. Yeah. You know, quite often I do that in person. I haven't been able to do this for the last year, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's it, this this thing that I do is is taking me all over the world, you know, meeting the most amazing people, staying with them in their homes, <laughs> you know, and and that the, those connections that have come about mm. through guitar making is I, I never thought that that would be the case, you know, it's yeah. that's a, that's been a really magical thing, and then you know it's like uh, you know finding a really special piece of wood. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm forever uh, looking through wood stacks at, at my local wood yard. I'm always on eBay, tra- <laughs> trawling through the listings of like, you know, um, I've got this piece of wood. I'm not sure what it is, and like, I, it's like it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, record collectors they go digging, right? Yeah. You know, to find those like gems yeah. in, in the back of like a, a dusty Oxfam or something. Mm. It's a it's a similar thing, you know, finding these pieces of wood and and running your plane over them for the first time. Because of course, old pieces of wood they all they oxidize, right? And and the oxidation um, often masks the beauty of what's mm. underneath. And so for the first, you know, for the first, and this, this happened, this happened, uh, with my very first bass that with my, my, my electric bass with my friend, we, we went to our local, local wood yard and we picked out what we thought was some black walnut, right? So like really dark, <laughs> yeah. deep, um, uh, looking wood. It was beautiful. We we're like, yeah, yeah this is going to be great. And we got it back to my workshop and planed into it and it turned bright orange, <laughs> like like bright bright <laughs> donald trump orange and uh, we were like what <laughs> and it turned out to be a totally different species it was uh Afri- african paduke um, oh, wow. which is just this incredible incredible orange mm. um so those moments are really special you know yeah, surprises. Just like full of surprises yeah and did you end up making the guitar out of that african paduke will wood we did, oh, yeah. Back. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've we've I've used that, and I've subsequently used, um, I've I've, I've used it again to to uh, to make acoustic guitars. Oh, cool. You know, that which has been which has been nice. You know, we, we I had a chunk left over, which mm. has just been sat for the last, you know, fifteen years, reoxidizing, going <laughs> brown again. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to use this and make it into an acoustic guitar. So nice. I had that that I relived that memory all over again, which was really nice. <laughs> That's cool. Um, for you personally, what are the next kind of frontiers in your practice? Do you have any unanswered questions or kind of difficulties that you haven't been able to overcome yet that you really want to crack? That's a re- that's a fantastic question. Um, and uh, yeah, there there are so many avenues that I, I want to explore. Yeah. Um, you know, as I was saying, the acoustic guitar is so complicated. There's so many parts. There's so many, I always feel like every luthier is trying to get more out of the the instrument. Mm. Um, and so th- there's two things that I'm thinking about right now is how can I use um, more, I don't know, like what, what construction methods can I borrow from other industries mm. 
and apply them to um, the acoustic guitar. You know, the acoustic guitar has has remained pretty well unchanged for hundreds of years. Mm. You know, right back to the the early you know guitar like instruments, ouds, lutes, these kind of things. The 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 construction has has pretty much remained the same. So you know, right now I'm doing a lot of um, investigation into composite materials, composite nice. construction. You know how how I can make my guitars light, more lightweight, but still be really stiff and energy efficient. Mm. Um, and then coupled with that, you know, the challenges that we face with um, sustainability. You know, um, traditionally the finest guitars have been made from Brazilian rosewood, mm. um, which is a great sounding wood. It's also very beautiful, but it's like you can't get hold of it anymore it's been over over harvested um to the point where it's so it's really heavily regulated it's Mm. like trading with ivory you know you just can't it's become um so difficult to to acquire and and rightly so Mm. you know um and and that's the case with lots of the kind of traditional um, especially rosewood family materials so the challenge is well how do i um how do i replicate or how do I shift the paradigm um around because the guitar is so such a so rooted in its own tradition you know people have expectations of what the best guitars should be made of and what the best guitar should sound like so you've got to kind of shift perceptions of what woods you can and can't use in guitars Mm. whilst also making a great sounding instrument that's going to last for 100 years um and more yeah so so for me i'm i'm looking at lots of domestic hardwoods um and trying to trying to craft a new narrative around those materials um finding finding materials with with a story attached you know and really focusing on telling that story Mm. to get people excited beyond um, you know, this is a beautiful piece of wood. You know, this is an expensive piece of wood. This is a rare piece of wood. It's, you know, this piece of wood was harvested. I, I work, for example, I work with um, a, a soya over in Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii is famous for uh, its koa, uh, acacia koa, which is this beautiful kind of orangey, stripy, brown, purple. It's just the most beautiful mm. wood. Um, but again, it's, it's been over harvested, over exploited and, and is, you know, becoming increasingly rare. Um, but I've, I've found a, um, a third generation Sawyer, um, whose family has been managing forests, coa forests for, you know, three generations. Mm. And he is somebody who's really passionate about the materials and conservation. And he only, um, harvests, um, he only uses wood from, um, uh, dead trees or mm. trees that need to be cleared because they're diseased or something like yeah. this. Um, and so whilst I'm still using, a, um, you know, a, 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 an endangered, perhaps I don't think it's endangered, but it's, it's, it's a, a material that's been over exploited mm. by, by kind of working with people who really know, mm. understand, love and respect the material and telling their story, you know, to change people's perceptions of the woods that we use. Um, that's something that I'm really loving doing at the moment. And because it, as well, it's, you know, I'm, 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 uh, it's just another, uh, um, 
uh what's the what's the expression it's another layer to the onion mm. skin you know it's yeah, it's yeah. it's just it's increasing the the perceived value of a mm. of a material so that's something that I'm, I'm really enjoying and the relationships that go alongside that as well um so yeah so it's it's how do we how do we um look to change people's perceptions um to secure and and, and ensure uh, a sustainable supply of acoustic uh, materials for the future whilst also borrowing um new constructional methods um to make the instrument better so those are those are the two things yeah that's awesome what a cool answer thank you um so if people have enjoyed hearing from you um are there any well your youtube channel is the, is the first place they can go but can you recommend any sort of resources for people to maybe be able to kind of hear or experience the things that you've been describing today yeah um i'm i'm very active on social media so my uh, instagram um tom sands guitars uh, youtube um i do do loads of stuff on youtube um you know um, sound clips demos of my work Um, but I also talk about the materials talk about tools that I use Um, and as I said I've just started this new series Tommy's Turnwoods where we talk about um, the 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 materials that I'm using I do that daily Uh, and also you know the website tomsandsguitars.com Amazing. Lots of great resources. I'm very excited to check it out. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today. It's been thank so you. fascinating. I could have talked to you for so much longer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, oh, I don't know, it just seems like such a wonderful mixture of musicality and materials and crafting and construction and engineering and all, all the rest of it. Um so yeah, keep doing what you're doing and I'm excited to follow your progress as you go forward and solve thank those you. unanswered questions. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, thank you so much for, for asking me to be on your show. Pleasure. So that was the awesome Tom Sands on Wood. A huge thanks to him for coming on and definitely check out his YouTube channel where you'll see Wood doing some truly extraordinary things and thanks too to previous guest Rebecca Struthers for introducing me to Tom in the first place that's everything for this week as always it'd be awesome if you could like and subscribe to the podcast um, so that you don't miss out on any episodes if you want to support with a one-time financial donation you can do so at supporter.acast.com forward slash handmade thanks a lot to everyone who's already done that which really does help keep us going you can say hi to us on social media. We're on Twitter at RealTalk, that's R-I-A-L Talk, and on Instagram at HandmadePod. Huge thanks as always to Dave Shepard for our awesome cover art and to Alex Lathbridge for the music mix. Next week, I'll be talking to entrepreneur Meghna Jiridar about promoting artisan crafts from around the world. So until then, take very good care and I look forward to speaking to you next time on Handmade. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 